0: Sorry for the interruption. Coming up is a podcast brought to you by the dedicated and diverse volunteers at 3CR. Our podcasts keep community strong and for the month of June, we're asking listeners to donate to the station to help keep us going. We rely on the generous donations of the community to survive. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate and show your support for community owned and community run media. Happy listening. Housing for the Aged Action Group, Hague for short,
1: a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof. We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at
0: 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial.
1: That's right, you're listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Aged Action Group show here on 3CR at 55am. My name is Shane, uh, I am your sole host this week. Uh, Fiona, my regular co-host, is off in Canberra at some sort of conference. Uh, they've let her back into the conference after we bagged them out after the homeless conference last year. Uh, I don't know why they, they keep letting her in. The... Um, Uh, today we're going to hear an interview with uh, someone about the history of housing activism and and what that has to teach us about today. But uh, it would be remiss of me not to mention Radiothon. Uh, I'm sure that listeners, if you've been listening to 3CR over the last few days, uh, are well aware that it is Radiothon time, the time that we ask for donations to help keep the station on the air. Uh, we're not going to do our full Radiothon show today, uh, we're going to save that for the following fortnight when I will make a rare live appearance in the studio with a couple of special guests to talk about uh, why this show is important and why you should support us. Um, but if you do want to send a donation, you don't have to wait two weeks, you are welcome to do it right now. Uh, of course, it's a tax-deductible dedu- donation over, what is it, $2? Uh, you've, you've been listening to 3CR, you probably know these details better than I do. Um I think it is really important. You know, 3CR has been broadcasting since 1976. Uh, HAG has been presenting the Raise the Roof show since 1997. Uh, Over that time, it is the only uh, consistent source for news about older people's housing issues. From time to time, those bubble up and get a little bit of attention in the the mainstream media. Uh, We've seen that with things like the Aged Care Royal Commission, uh, the reporting on uh, Avio Retirement Villages a few years ago from 730 Report and other media. But they they tend to go away again. Uh, We've been the only source that's consistently bringing you that news. Um, I think the other thing that this show does really well, if I can toot our own horn a little bit more, is to bring you the diversity of older people. Uh, Often in the media, and uh, you know, even in progressive media, even on three CR, you would often hear about older people like they're all you know they're all baby boomers, they're all negatively gearing their investment properties. uh, You know, they're all conservative. Uh, All that stuff, uh, you know, young activists complaining about their their wealthy middle class families. Really, Uh, what you hear here is that older people are a diverse group that they deal with poverty just like the rest of us. That they deal with, uh, you know, that they uh, come from culturally culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds. That they are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and intersex. That they have all the same kinds of diversity as the rest of our community. And those are. Uh, you know, part of their housing issues. There's not a one-size-fits-all solution that we're going to try and uh, tell you about. Uh, You know, we like to hear from older people from across the community. And that is something that you can rely on our show to keep bringing you. So that was a bit of a a spiel from me. I'm sure there'll be an even uh, more exciting and more in-depth rant next time about why you should donate. But we are going to hear Uh, A community service announcement now with some details about how you can make a donation. Uh, If that's got you fired up about it, uh, I would like to acknowledge the two uh, HAG members who, sorry, HAG member, HAG employee who've uh, already made donations to Radiothon. Thank you very much to Melissa and Terrence. I really appreciate it. And yeah, the rest of you, here's some information about how you can pay. And then we're going to come back and hear an interview.
0: Are you wondering how you can pledge your support for a 3CR radio program during Radiothon? It's easy. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit our website at 3cr.org.au or you can even come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FFOS or simply post us your cheque or money order to P.O. Box 1277 in Collingwood 3066 and thank you for being part of 3CR's annual Radiothon. Hi everyone, my name's Robbie Thorpe I'm with 3CR Community Radio Every year we have a subscription drive It's a way of supporting our organisation Maintain itself through the year And we rely on the support of the, the community One way to do that is to subscribe and become a member, become part of this organisation itself. Get in contact with 3CR. You can go to the website, 3cr.org.au, or you can ring on 9419 8377. 3CR ensures that our voices, Aboriginal voices, are heard on this radio station. So it's a good way of supporting Aboriginal people as well, by becoming a subscriber for 3CR Community Radio.
1: So today I'm talking to Glenn, who's an experienced activist and worker in the field, in the sort of area of housing. Um, what we wanted to talk about today was sort of the, the differences between uh, your experiences or, or how you saw the housing situation in the 80s and 90s in the activist scene compared to today. Um, how are you doing, Glenn?
0: Not too bad for Tuesday, yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah, well, we've got to pretend it's Wednesday, or they'll know that we're not doing this live. But yeah, doing pretty good for this time of the week.
0: Not too
1: bad for winter, actually. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> So I guess the first question would be like, how did you first get involved in housing activism or, or where did that come from for you?
0: Look, I, um, I was unemployed. I was studying part-time. I was involved in groups in the early 80s, groups like Work for Today, the Coalition Against Poverty and Unemployment, and um, had a lot of links and networks established. And I, My first real recollection was the, the squad at Bonavista in South Yarra back in late 83 and um, sort of roped into helping people up the squat and um, that's what sort of opened the door of the house and it sort of it flowed from there.
1: Can you tell us about the squat?
0: The Bonavista was a huge odd mansion built in the early 40s. Um, I can't recall the original bloke who built it back in. It one of the wealthiest not burning into the time. <laughs> um, it was taken over by telecom at some stage in the 60s and 70s and left dormant. And, um, look, the housing crisis probably wasn't in, in the 80s as it is now but it was still a crisis and um, it's empty building in the middle of, you know, Wild Resourced area. vacant. So about 12 families moved in. 12 people some of the families, some were the singles, were moved in there and occupied it for a few weeks. And then uh, Telecom said, no, 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 we're going to call the police. And there's a series of court hearings. And uh, the police came through on Friday about, oh, God, at 4 p.m., 5 p.m., and uh, sort of batting charge through, you know, the community picket and stuff and took mm. control of the house and a bit of a squalor. And, um, yeah, so it's like 83, by the system. And um I read someone recently, the house is valued at about $10 million, but it's happened it's in South Yarra still. So just Google Bonavista, Vista, South and you'll find the biggest squats in Melbourne back in the early 80s.
1: <laughs> was there a lot of squatting happening at the time?
0: Well, I wasn't particularly involved until then. That's what happened with Dorv for me. So I got involved in the Squatters Union, and um, a lot of squatting was being done around around the West, also down the Western Port area. I know you had um, Joan Dormer and Donnelly speaking a few weeks ago, and they were mm-hmm. involved in those activities. And um, The Squatters Union was a bit of a... An amorphous group of housing workers and activists. And um, what was basically done was um, empty public housing. Well, I'll rephrase it, not public housing, as in public housing per se, but publicly owned housing, like railway houses, mm. Air Force houses. They were just left empty and they've been vandalised. Well, no, no, people are homeless. Let's put them in there. So you could put people in there, you change the locks, you have to put locksmiths, so you um, get the power connected, and it was somewhere safe. And sometimes tenancies became established, people stayed there for a long time. Others not as good, but I'm you know, it was you know, a whole waste of resources was empty houses everywhere, and um, so then we sort of fill empty houses and house people, a so very effective way to direct action.
1: And like, what sort of what other sorts of housing activism did you see at the time?
0: Look, the eighties is a very exciting period. It's such a different world to now. Like I mean, we come through look the late sixties, it's in a growth around the world of social movements in different areas, and um, but the seventies was a very achievement decade. And things sort of started to down in the 80s, but a lot of us had cut our teeth at school and on demos and activism sit-ins. And um, there was a squadron union, there was the people of public housing, early housing co-ops, housing groups, and um, a lot of direct action stuff, as well as impairing people to our own lives. And, uh, yeah, demos, occupations, rallies. I mean, people of public housing was like the peak body for housing activism. And we had, um, we had tours to Canberra in 86, four, eighty five, eighty six, only um, 586, the had uh, demos of Bob Hawkes' mansion in Sandringham. <laughs> and this is about trying to w- draw awareness, like now there's a housing crisis. And, um, I think housing in Australia has always been, public housing has been quite limited. Just look at some figures recently, like at one stage, prior to the in the UK, around 50% of housing was public housing. We're still in places like Denmark and Sweden, it's about 20%. Look in Australia, from the 2006 census, we have 4.25% of public housing in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wouldn't have grown much since then. We sort the kind of years of sell-offs, and there's been no actual national housing plans since '96. So housing's really gone backwards the last quarter of a century.
1: Were there um, important wins or successes from that era that you remember?
0: Look, I think the fact we managed to successfully house families and individuals in properties in the squats was important. Um, the establishment of the tenant groups. Um, they were sort of around for a period of time. I got more than that in the 80s, to public talent groups on estates, and pretty much every year they had a public talent group. We won funding, I suppose. And this is one of the paradoxes, you know. You do, you organise, you agitate, you get successes. Once you fund, it your hands are sort of tied. And, um, yeah, but, I mean, there was a sense of community out there. It was a sense of, you know, giving people, OK, housing people are homeless, building community development areas, like you know, working on the estate, that in a confidence, belief in yourself and taking control of your own lives. And those are sort of important victories. A lot of networking. Um, There's a lot of work done for trade unions, the building trade groups, the plumbers, the BLs, the sparkies. And um, it, was a, it was a fairly strong social movement in the early to early
1: mid-80s. Uh, you mentioned that sort of tension between, you know, like obviously community groups, activist groups need money, but, but funding can come with sort of compromise and... Uh, muzzling, I don't think that's your words. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Do you, do you think there's, like, is there a way to, to reconcile that or is that just a tension that, that the community has to deal with or how do you see that? I
0: think that's a, I a tension. I like, think um, David Harvey, the uh, great British geographer economist, often says uh, problems are easy to solve. Uh, are a lot harder to solve. Hmm. And this is the problem, you know, we were all funded. we we go demos, we'd planned demos, being paid for everything. You're like, you're, you can do it for a while, but it can't go on forever. So again, how do you create that, that new club, unfunded groups that have that activist agenda? Like, I mean, I know back in the 1930s, the Communist Party, of the Dudley Flats, the groups of the at Dudley Flats, they weren't funded, of course. They hmm. did it amongst themselves. And Really telegraphs when it's funded. So you can do stuff yourself, but you know, you there's always limitations. So it's always it's always a juggle. Once you fund it, you have more resources, but it's string attacks. And it's just not an easy one, Shane.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have any good anecdotes or funny stories from the, the housing activism of the eighties and nineties?
0: Oh look, I think some of the Canberra trips are fantastic. Going to Canberra to meet activists from the States and stuff. We in, in uh what's it? Today? You know, bus loads in Melbourne, mini buses, small buses, made 250, 300 to go there. And one of the great events was um, the old South embassy in Canberra was vacant and we squatted it. That was 80, 85 and it was like a house for a week for people who are homeless. I mean, dormant for 10 years and it was squatted. And um, that was a great success, great publicity.
1: <laughs> That's pretty funny. The, um, and I mean, you know, homeless in Canberra, in the, the, as cold as it gets there, it must be pretty horrible. Um,
0: yeah, very cold in there. I mean, I was in Canberra a few times we we up there, and um, there was one time we <laughs> we got stuck in a minibus, so we couldn't get back out, and so we were cold on the minibus overnight, but it wasn't much fun. That was the place there where we were going to stay, and it was a bit eighty It was August, August, 80, I don't know, August 84, and it wasn't much fun. Uh,
1: and am I right to think that that would have been like the Hawke Labour government era?
0: That was, and... Um, but the demos coincided with the election of Hawke because his promises made. I know Brian Hare was the housing minister who had a lot of plans to do things which didn't come to fruition. Um, a person who did better work for housing groups was Jerry Hand. Jerry Hand worked fairly closely from the tenant groups.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, um, and, he and he was Aaron a minister
1: Hawke. in the Hawke government, right? Correct. Yeah.
0: And um, the whole, Hawke had grandiose plans. And again, as I said, this coincided that just sell off from stopping Britain, you know. And, and the strategy agenda was changing too because the period of post World War II was a period of class compromise where gains were won, there was also a social contract of housing, employment jobs, and uh, it all sort of it all changed in the 80s. Just, um, it atomized and we lost those things.
1: Uh, I mean, I
0: think- so losing, We didn't lose them, we started losing them. So the whole mindset changed. Everything became, became very corporate, everything became commodified. And, like, for example, housing... Like, when I was young, public housing was about income, about affordability. And public housing now is about, you know, the most desperate, the most needy. And just the
1: whole focus has changed. Yeah. I mean, I think that's an interesting context to think about because obviously we've just had a a Labor government elected federally for the first time in, you know, almost 10 years. And that, you know, obviously does present both opportunities and different sorts of challenges for activists and for issues like housing justice. uh, I mean, maybe we'll come back to this topic. But one of the things that I do want to ask you about is, you know, what, what contemporary activism can learn from the the past. But I guess, sorry, do you want to respond to that?
0: Look, I, I think uh, the important stuff is the grassroots stuff. And again, what we did, I said, we were, what we did in the 80s was a product of the times. So we'd come through the late 60s and 70s, a big kind of social movements, whole of unionisation in the workforce, and just to understand, we could gain things by struggling. And in the last few decades, it's been like a one. Well, what did I'm Chomsky say about a one-sided class war? The last few decades, <laughs> and those gains been worn back. Um, I don't know. I don't have any great ideas when that, Shaman. I, I think look at um, even the groups. From what I've groups groups the housing fields and you know, they have corporate structures. They have directors. They have executive directors. They have CEOs. And just their whole mindset. And you know, how do we change that? But I mean, I suppose the most basic way. Is the grassroots stuff I, by tenant groups? I feel working harder at a lower level. And again, are that going to be easy? But again, you got to start somewhere.
1: And I, I mean, I guess the, the question that goes with that is like, how is the the housing situation or the housing crisis that we have today? You know, either similar to or different from what what you were looking at in the eighties?
0: I think it's quite different. Um, as I said, the whole issue, the commodification of all aspects of life. is, you know, in the old days, people would buy a house to live in. They buy houses as an investment property to lease a house or to sleep empty. Um, housing, public housing was about affordability. If you're poor, be housed. Not actually poor it's not an issue. You must be really disadvantaged to be housed. Below um, of stock, there's, there's been no natural housing planning since 96. There's um, been a lot of good stuff was built in the 80s, and not and the off under Kennet. So this a been well now, but I can we start things stuff and again. It's a lot harder now because the whole focus has changed. How oh, you know... The future's unwritten. Things do change. And that's the one constant of life. But what I say? The longer things stay the way they are, the more they'll change. They'll be changed. But um, when and how? <laughs> I don't know away. Sorry.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I do feel like we're in that p- situation where we need to, to figure out these new solutions to, to old problems in some ways.
0: What about... Back in 2016, there's a the Bendigo spread housing stuff in, over in Collingwood. They one to clear the houses. for the supposed to link? Well, there's West link um, reasons' have got to be given for the campaign to win things. So what can we learn from most sort of the and I mean, Even around the world, what's happening around the world on the housing struggle? I mean, it just, I mean our, our stuff here wasn't uniquely destroyed, I think. We we learned from the UK of squatting and stuff, how mm. the squatting is organized in the UK in the So it's just its never easy, and it, it just comes out as a process. And, um, yeah, I don't have an easy answer, sorry.
1: That's all right. Um uh, uh, I didn't tell you that I was going to ask you this, but I, I think I would be remiss because it's radio thon here at 3CR at the moment. Do you think that... Sorry, this is like such a... Uh, Dorothy Dixer. Do you think that community radio and community media have an important role to play in, in activist movements?
0: Well, I've been with 3CR since 83. I've had a long look at the 3CR. I've been a regular on a couple of shows. I still appear on Friday mornings on if after breakfast. And uh, community radio has been people's labor years to raising levels of understanding and a supporting campaign so the answer is yes
1: all right um well that's just about all that i wanted to ask you is there anything else you'd like to say to our listeners before i let you go oh
0: look i think listeners it's radio on time soon <laughs> it's radio on time soon so dig in and support um shows what the current show and um also just in terms of housing just that you know housing it's a social determinant of health you know, housing should be human right not a commodity and let's try to change this concept of housing being a commodity for exchange. The primary use of housing should be used to live in. So let's try to change the dominant paradigm and move forward from there. All
1: right, that seems like a good note to end on. Thanks very much, Glenn.
0: Have a good night, Shane. Bye. Mantengamos la fuerza
1: la comunidad. Keep community strong. El time to donate. Radio Thong 2022. It's time, Ya, Diego. Time to donate. 3CR Radio Thong 2022. Radio Thumb needs you now. Go to 3CR.org.au Radio Thong needs you now. Go to 3 crorgau And if for some reason you didn't understand all that, it's Radiothon 2022. It's time to donate. To do this, go to www3 and pledge your donation. We love you. We need you. Keep the community strong. No crime, no time. Fix Victoria's bail laws now. Prisons are bursting at the seams with poor people. Istra Melbourne is calling on the Victorian government to release unsentenced people on remand from Victorian prisons. First Nations people are 3% of the population, yet represent 29% of the general prison population. 89% of First Nations women entering prison are unsentenced. ISJA Melbourne is asking you to sign the No Crime, No Time petition, which can be found on ISJA Melbourne's Facebook page. Indigenous Social Justice Association Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. Uh, That's right, you're listening to 3CR. This is Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Aged Action Group show. My name is Shane. Uh, We just heard from Glenn uh, talking about the history of housing activism, one of the only places uh, in the Australian media where you can hear about the history of housing activism. Uh, and that is just one of the many, 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 many reasons why you should consider making a donation if you can afford it to the 3CR Radiothon. And you'll hear much more about that uh, next time in a fortnight when we're back for our real Radiothon show. Um, I wanted to talk to you briefly about retirement villages law. I know it's a, a subject that fascinates all of you. Um, the Victorian government has been reviewing the Retirement Villages Act for what feels like approximately forever at this point. Uh The review, you know, in fairness, was delayed by COVID. It was pretty understandable that consumer affairs had some uh, other priorities for a while there, things they needed to deal with. But conditions in retirement villages uh, have fallen off the radar but should still be a a matter of big public concern. Uh, They can get, you know, knocked off the front page by things like aged care, which in many ways is worse or at least is, is a problem in different ways. But, you know, I mentioned earlier the reporting on retirement villages that 730 report did in 2017, none of those issues have been fixed. People are still having the exact same kinds of exploitation foisted upon them. And basically what we mean by that is, uh, you know, 730 report found that uh, some retirement village operators were calling it churn. So the system is that you uh, move into a retirement village and in most, most retirement villages, not all, but many, uh, you pay a fee that's equal to you know, X percent of the sale price of your unit for every year that you live there. Let's say 5 uh, percent, uh, so let's say 3 percent up to a maximum of 10 years. So generally there is a cap on these amounts. So, you know, it's not 3 percent of your sale price until you've lived there long enough that you owe them the entire you know, value of your home when you move out. But often it, it does get capped around 30 or 40 percent. Um, that, that might seem fair, but the problem is there's an incentive then for a retirement village to get rid of a resident uh, if they've lived there for that maximum period. So uh, you move in, you live there for 10 years. The, the more you continue to live there, the, the less value there is in your residency for the retirement village. Um, it, it's hard to say with certainty that retirement villages do push people out because of that. Uh, there's not really... You know, it's hard to produce specific evidence that that's what's happening. But you can see that there is a strong incentive. If they, you know, if you've lived there in a retirement village for 10 years, there's a decent chance you could live there for 10 more. If you do, they're still only getting the 10 years worth of value. Whereas if they can drive you out, they'll get somebody else in and they'll double their money in that same period. Uh, so we think it is important for the government to uh, reform this, reform both the, the fee structure, but also the provisions about termination in retirement villages. Um, it was a big headline uh, and, and a big win, you know, and a big achievement for the government last oh, a couple of years ago now that they banned no reason notices to vacate in residential tenancies. That's something that HAG and many other organizations have been pushing for for a long time. Um, But what people probably don't realize is you can still be evicted from a retirement village for no reason uh, if you have a a periodic tenancy in a retirement village. People assume that a retirement village has very high security of tenure, and often that is the case, but it's the case uh, by tradition. It's the case because uh, retirement village operators don't go to the trouble of of kicking someone out by applying to VCAT or following a legal process. Uh, Retirement villages, you know, hassle and pressure and, and, stress people out and try and push them out. of course, that's not always the case. I'm sure there are plenty of good retirement villages out there. uh, And I'm sure the good retirement villages are just as appalled by that sort of behaviour as the rest of us. But we really need the government to actually protect everyone in the community from that sort of uh, abuse and exploitation. So the government will be supposedly announcing its, uh, well, they, they will be announcing soon uh, the legislation that they plan to pass. They've said they'll introduce it during this term of parliament, which is running out for Victoria for this year. So we hope that it will be positive, but if it's not, uh, you can expect to hear more from us about why people should be outraged about uh, disappointing uh, failures of the government to adequately protect retirement village residents if it turns out that that's the case. Do I sound pessimistic? Perhaps I am a little pessimistic, but perhaps I'll be pleasantly surprised. So this is what happens when Fiona's not here to reel me in. I just complain about retirement villages non-stop. Uh, you love it. Anyway, we're out of time really, so I better give you some contact information uh, if you want to get your, your pen and paper handy. Um, if you want to check, find out more about HAG, you can check out our website. That's oldertenants.org.au. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter, or you can give us a call. Uh, general calls about the, the organization, its activism, its campaigning and policies, its uh, law reform agenda. You can call us on 9654-7389. That's nine six five four seven three eight nine. Uh, Or if you're an older Victorian with a housing issue that you'd like to talk to someone about, uh, you can call us free, toll free on one 769 178 That number, again, one 769 Don't forget, in a fortnight, we'll be back to talk about Radiothon, the excitement of donating to HAG, the ways that you can support us uh, if you can afford to do that, and the ways you can support us with our money if you uh, can't afford to do that or have other priorities. Sorry, I'm just babbling now, so I should leave you with a song, uh, and I hope you'll like it. This is uh, a song dedicated to the housing system in Australia. This is Guns N' Roses. Welcome to the jungle. Thanks for listening. See you in two weeks.